I've got a special guest with us today. I've got Mr. Rod Courtney. He is the HSC director for Empirical and all affiliate companies. But more importantly, he's the best-selling author of the book called The Eight Habits of a Highly Effective Safety Culture. All right. So, Rod, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, publishing the book has been uh, quite an adventure. You know, it, it's really taken on a life of its own. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been exciting. Awesome. Okay. What's been the, the most interesting part of the, the whole process? And this is a bestseller on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, now. Yeah. It, it actually, uh, the day that it hit Amazon back in September, I think last year, it actually broke Amazon. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's a funny story, but it is true. It, uh, it, it, I had all my friends and colleagues ready to go. Right. So I, as soon as it hit Amazon, I sent out the bat signal and said, go get it. And it, it, it sold so many copies in the first hour that the Amazon algorithm picked it up as an error. And so it pulled the book down. So uh, it took me two more days to get it back up. But once it, that was on a Thursday and then Friday morning, I woke up and it was the number one new release on Amazon. So they couldn't even believe that it was selling that quickly. Yeah, the, the, the algorithm picked it up as an error. Well, this is why I thought it'd be perfect for you to, to do the episode title Inside the Safety Professional's Brain, uh, a peek into the psychology of safety, explored in a lighthearted way, of course, right? Because we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Um, so my first question for you is, how would you describe the mindset needed to excel as a safety professional? Can it be compared to a superhero's alter ego? That's a great question. Uh, and I, I like the second part of that, actually. Uh, that, that, that's pretty good. Um, the mindset needed to excel. All right, let's talk about that for a second. Number one is in the safety profession, uh, you need to stop thinking that you know it all. Okay. Um, nobody does. No, no, nobody does. And even when you become an expert in the CFR, right? The, the 1910, 1926, whatever, you know, section you work under, mm -hmm. you are still not, uh, that does not make you a safety professional. Okay. First of all, you, you have to understand what the employees, whether they're in an office, in a, in a, in a, a factory, in a pipe rack, at a power plant, wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. you have to understand that you do not know what they're dealing with. That's true. They come to work with their own issues. I mean, yes. you come to work and sometimes you bring some of that baggage from home to work. You might be tired. Your wife might have left you. Your kid was acting up. You didn't get any sleep. Newborn baby. Maybe yeah. you didn't even eat. You know, you just know what people are going through. And, and you know, there's, and, and then we're going to ask them to basically come in and be flawless throughout the day right don't make an error all right do not if you make an error then you're wrong and we're gonna we're gonna pound you over it you can't do that okay that that is a complete and utter misconception if you have the mindset of i i am here to be an influential leader mm -hmm. go that route versus the um I'm here it, to find as a word. Oh, yeah. As a word begins with yeah. C. C is for not for cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, you know, it's, you know, to the alter ego part. Yeah. It, you know, there are so many times when you have to be uh, Bruce Banner, right. And then in the morning, and then you've got to transfer into the Hulk and then back to Bruce Banner or, you know, you're, you're Batman for a little while. And then, you know, you, you have to be multiple things throughout the day. It's, it's part psychology. It's part bartender. It's part, you know, uh, safety professional, you, you know, doctor, um, whatever. You, you got to be a little bit of everything. So the mindset really is that you need to be flexible. You need to be able to adjust as needed. I yep. need to acknowledge that you can't be too rigid. That sometimes people are going to need a friend. Sometimes they're going to need a chef. Sometimes they're going to need a coach. Sometimes they might need a therapist. But yep. you're not just here to, to tell people, hey, you must work safely. Yeah. You, you need to make them feel like you care about them. Yep, that that philosophy doesn't work. Uh, you know, just saying you need to work safer. Sorry. Yeah. Not going to work. I, I could agree with that. What safety rule, if broken, makes you cringe like nails on a chalkboard? Like, like you hear it, and you're like, ah, oh, God, <laughs> again. Um, so, so that that answer's changed over time. Um, years ago, when I first started, uh, I started working for a scaffold company, and so we okay. built industrial scaffolds all around the country. Mm-hmm. And if I saw someone back then that that wasn't tied off, right, what wasn't using their fall arrest system or using it correctly. Oh man, look, I that just that, up yes, yes, I had a problem with that. Um, today though, um, I work for a company now. We uh, engineer, design, and build electric utility systems. So now, when I see employees that are not following the electrical safety codes, you know, the cover up, wearing the correct rubber goods, uh, maybe it's a lot of times. So when when you're working in a plant. And, and you're, you're, you're changing out a breaker or whatever, you use lockout tag out, right? You shut it down, put a lock and a tag on it, and it's completely dead. The distribution systems and the transmission systems are very different from that. Besides the fact, many times you can't just shut it off, right? Okay. You have to work on it while at least portions of it are still hot. Right. But then you have to add in uh, induction electricity. So I, I've learned a lot over the last few years. And basically what that means is this, if I'm looking at a distribution system and you look up and you see the poles and you see uh, four wire or four lines running North and South, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, without a doubt that line number four is dead. It has been disconnected on both ends. It is, it's just a, it's just a wire now, not connected to anything. It's not carrying anything. Nope. Zero. Nothing at all. So what's that, here? that line will kill you. Wait, what? Yep. It's called induction electricity. And what happens is uh, humidity affects it. You know, barometric pressure, a bunch of stuff. That line can be uh, uh, live, basically, from the electricity in the parallel lines to it. Are you and, saying that the electricity in the parallel lines are yep. somehow getting into that Absolutely. line? Just that close together? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep. And and now, you know, people go up and they grab onto that, not considering that fact. And that will, and it has, it, it, it has killed people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, that's, that would be the one that today is my pet peeve. And that, I mean, I wouldn't want to play with that. So 
I'm guessing when they go up, if they're if they're missing PPE or they didn't take the time to put on all the different layers with their gloves and whatnot, that that, that probably takes you off a little bit because. Ooh. My goodness. And one honey, happy they're alive, right? Yes, but yes. You well, them. <laughs> but and, on the other hand, you're kind of like, well, geez, like, you know, like you, you was almost not here. I yeah. Know, the only way we was going to save you. I, I, I really try to um, understand, right, versus just, just you know, listening to respond. I, I try to understand what they were going through because you got to understand this. When people make an error like that, mm-hmm. In their mind, now right or wrong, but in their mind, it made perfect sense. It made perfect sense at the time, right? So now we have to figure out why it made perfect sense, but more importantly, how did we as an organization allow that? That's the latent organizational weaknesses we need to find if we're going to create environments where it's safe for our employees to fail. So it's a systemic issue, right? Absolutely. 100%. Because the, the system influences behavior. Behavior doesn't influence the system. Yep. That's, Maybe that's a little bit, but it tends to be this way more than this way. Right? No, that's so what I, I tend to see is when you don't set people up for success, mm-hmm. yep. you know, like the systems, the rules of the game, the rules of engagements influence what people are willing to do to win the game. Absolutely. Right? This that's is no different than you have a supervisor's bonus tied to the number of injuries that happen on a shift. You tell them, hey, when you have more than one injury for the year, there goes 50% of your bonus. Guess what he's going to do? He can start hiding. I will pay for you to go to the clinic out of pocket. You're not about to hit my uh uh-uh. You sure you want to report this? There's a lollipop. Go. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's a conflict of interest. You can't do that. Yep. Absolutely. happens with a lot of other stuff. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I talk about that very thing in the book where, you know, people are all excited because we've, our incident rates as, as an industry have, have dropped, right? We're down to like a 2.3 average or whatever. That, that, that number's fake people. That, right. if, if you believe that's, that's a real number. There's a saying, layer of unreported. Oh injury, my goodness. Top of that. And, and somebody was like, do I really want to send this in? Yeah. But I mean, not, not, and, and, and there, there's unreported stuff without a doubt, but there's case management. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how many times do you send them to the doctor? And then, then somebody goes in and says, Hey doc, uh, send him back to work and I'll make sure he doesn't overdo it. Right. Or, Hey, send, uh, Hey doc, don't, don't put stitches in her hand. You stare strips instead. Can you do that for him? You, you know what I mean? So, so that that's called case management. That is and, true. and we do that a lot. That's a good so, point. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we're at a 2.3, not, not because we're so great. Restrictions. And I say, Hey, you know, here's a, a adjusted uh, job description with the low capacities reduced. Yep. proactively. Yep, absolutely. That's, oh, oh, okay. Well, I guess he doesn't need restrictions now. He doesn't need any restrictions now. And hey, don't don't write him a prescription. I'll 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 stop by the the you know CVS and yeah, CVS on the way home. Yep, yep, yep. All the ibuprofen he wants. Yep, and, and, and so we've gotten really good at managing things. That's a fair point. It is. And what is a I guess what is an amusing misconception that people have about your job as a safety professional? that it's easy. Uh, no, no, that, that's the God's honor. And I've said this for years. So most safety professionals, if you've been in doing it for you know a year or more, you've had people come up to you and say, Hey, how do I get into safety? Right. Everybody sees what we do. And thinks it's an easy and, way to make oh, money. Yeah. That's, that's, I could just yeah. 
And what happens more times than not is we are given zero authority, but all the responsibility, right? So, so you have all the responsibility of keeping them safe, but you have no authority to help them create safe environments. You know, you got to rely on somebody else to do that. And right. when they don't do it, but somebody gets hurt, well, that's your fault. They, it, and the other part, the other misconception is that we, as long as we know the rules, we'll be successful. Right. That, that's not true. Absolutely yeah. not true. What was that C word we were talking about earlier? I'm sorry, say again? I said, what was that C word we were talking about earlier? The C word? Yeah. <laughs> be, a, be a coach, don't be a... Oh, oh, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cop. Yeah, yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a yeah, and, and that, that is so easy to get sucked into. Believe me, I, I used to be one of the best safety cops out there. I, I was really good at it. Ooh. Okay. You got Judge Dredd in the house. Okay. Oh, I, I, I was there. What made you change? What was the moment where you said, yo, like this is not working? Um, you know, I, I don't know that it was one particular thing, but here, here's what happened. Back in 2004, I was the HSE manager for a company called Kellogg Brown and Root, KBR. Okay. And we were working in Iraq. So I was a civilian contractor in Iraq uh, working for KBR. And this is where cultures started to arise for me. And, and it's believe, you know, in, in full disclosure, it wasn't safety cultures at the time. It was just the cultures of the people, the, the different tribal people that were that lived there. And then we had a lot of Filipino, third country nationals, all these different cultures. And mm -hmm. so I, I started uh, thinking about things way back then. And okay. over time, I realized that it's easy for me to make someone do something. I, I, just because I have safety in my title, mm -hmm. people will do what I tell them to do. But that's not my job. My job is to make them want to do it. And if I can do that, then I can be successful. That's now, can, can, can I go in and, and you know, with, with a stick and whack them in the head a few times? And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, of course, that, that works. But what are they doing when nobody's watching? There you go. I can't be here 24-7 to whack you with the stick. And no, I don't no. even want to have to whack you with a stick because I'm no. going to get tennis, tennis elbow. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ergonomic issues involved in that. <laughs> but what about incentivizing your own internal motivations where you think this is, you believe this is the right thing to do? You see the point of doing it. You are invested in it. Oh, you, you, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, if, if, if they have the buy-in, right? If, if you get their buy-in on the process, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we need to stop uh, thinking that workers are the problem. They're, they're the problem solvers, okay? Get them together. They, they can tell you what they need. Right. right? And, and they're the ones. And, and when, when, they, when you get that buy-in from them and you're, you're there to assist them, man, the, the, the quality goes up. The safety goes up. Things happen faster. It, it's unbelievable. So you have more cohesiveness. Yes, absolutely. Which, of course, means that you have less injuries and less people taking risks and and it's almost like your brother's keeper because now more people care and they're they're more engaged with each other 
So yeah, if someone's yeah. about to do something, maybe go up on a line to your point and touch one of those lines that are supposed to be dead, thinking, oh, well, it's dead. I don't have to wear all my layers of gloves. It's hot outside. The gloves are stiff. And his coworker might, you know, say, hey, what are you doing? Yep, exactly. Oh, you yeah, didn't exactly. have to say that. Yep. The manager and the superintendent didn't have to say that. Yep. There was his coworker. Was that like, yo, are you nuts? No, there's induction. Please, I don't want anything to happen to you. Please. Yep. And he's doing it because he cares, not because there's a bonus, not because there's one and get in trouble. He purely cares and sees the purpose behind it. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. That's the that's the whole point of us doing, you know, like the GHAs and stuff, right? And JSAs. Mm -hmm. It's not about the paperwork part, right? It's probably more so about the actual process that going through and identifying, you know, the the hazards and whatnot. And we were talking offline, you were telling me about energy sources, mm -hmm. right? You said it was 10 energy sources you should ask yourself when you're about yep. to do a task, which ones you're exposed to. Yes. And as you go through these and you think about them, if you don't see any of these energy sources for the task you're about to do, then you know within some surety that you're, you're, you're probably safe in doing the task, right? Yep. But then you had mentioned um, something about anomaly. Yes. Right? Yeah, so let's about the anomaly. So you, okay, that's, that is where we've been missing. All right, so you, you can go pull the statistics up from the business and labor statistics, right? They show what, uh, what the average incident rates are for all industries. Mm -hmm. Go back to 1972, it was a 10.9. Go to about 1992, it was an 8.9. Here mm -hmm. we are in 2023, and it's like a 2.3. So it, it, it has come way, way down, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one, is that a real number? Okay, but you know, you we, we talked about it earlier about um, uh, case management, case right? management, underreporting. Yeah, that that's a thing, right? So I'm I'm going to incentivize you by giving you a bonus because you uh, didn't have accidents, right? And, and if you have more, too many of them, then we're not going to give you your bonus. Well, all that does is make people not report them. Um, but there, there's another part to that graph that you have to, you know, you're basically putting two graphs in one. Go, go through the same time frame, 1990 to 2023. Mm -hmm. That the the line on that graph for incident rate is a 45 degree drop, right, left wow. to right. It's it's a sharp decline. Okay. Overlay that graph with another graph that is the same time frame, but it's workplace fatalities. Okay, in 1992, we had 6,700 and some change workplace fatalities in the United States. In 2020, we had 5,333. It's a flat line. How is it that we're not hurting as many people? Well, we have as many deaths. But we're killing the same amount of people. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because there's not enough donuts or pizza in the world that I can go bring to a doctor that's going to make him not sign the death certificate. Okay. I, I, I can go build these relationships with these clinics and I can convince them, Hey doc, don't put stitches in her hand. Right. Mm -hmm. Just use stair strips. Right. Right. Hey, it's not recordable now. <laughs> or Hey doc, don't write that prescription. I'll go to CVS, you know, all, all this stuff. Right. We've talked about it, but they're still happening. But the fatalities are the same. And the reason is you can't unkill somebody. 
So you know, it's still there. People are still feeling the consequences. Absolutely. So so what, what we've learned to do is we've learned to manage statistics because that's how, how we've been forced, right? We, we have to manage the numbers and we've gotten really good at it and we've learned the gray areas and the ways around it. But what we haven't figured out yet is how to stop killing people. That's crazy. So that's that that's one of the biggest paradigm shifts in the book that you'll read uh, in habits six and seven about creating environments where it's safe for your employees to fail. You're still going to have incidents. Right? Incidents occur. The anomalies occur or the the the. Uh, the anomaly doesn't have to occur. The incident occurs, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about anomalies, um, imagine a coin flip. If, if, if I took a coin and I started flipping it and say I flipped it 100 times, at the end of that 100 times, pretty much anybody could, could tell you how many landed on heads and how many landed on tails. It's going right. to be roughly 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing is, over time, I, I can tell you that. I can tell you what the, the percentages are. I just can't tell you what the next flip is going to be. And and so that's that that's the accident, right? Is is what, right. I, I can't predict that. Even more so than that. So what what do you think the odds are that I'll flip that coin and it doesn't land on heads or tails and it lands on its edge? Oh, like what the hell? Yeah, the, the odds are about one in six thousand per flip, right? That's that doesn't mean it's impossible. Yeah, it's, 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 right it's an anomaly. Right. Kind of like significant injuries and fatalities on our job sites. They're anomalies. They, they don't happen. They're extremely rare. But we have to account for that. And we're not. We're, we're doing very good. And we have for years at identifying the hazards, uh, controlling the hazards, using the uh, um, hierarchy of controls. Right. And, and controlling hazards. We do that very well. We do that uh to to control the environment right what we don't do very well at is consider the anomaly the the what if so ask yourself this at the end of each jsa mm -hmm. what could kill me what in this environment has the potential to kill me ask that question now now just ask the about the 10 different forms of energy. Right. I considered it. I, I'm not even talking about controlling it yet. Just identifying that that form of energy is in my work environment. Now, identify it and go back to the other side where your hierarchy of controls is and put a control in place. Identify, control every form of energy. And I'm not saying more PPE. You know, there are other ways to control it. Right. right. That should be your last result anyway. Control all forms of energy, and that is as close to 100% safe as you will ever get. And, you know, most of this is, is so system-related, so systemic, because most people, they look for the easy way to control hazards, right? Which is fair, right? It needs to be feasible. Um, but I feel like because it might be harder to systematically control hazards at times, there's a bias against leaning in that direction. Without a doubt. And, and let's, let's just be honest. It's, it's a change and, and people don't like change, you know, but you know, some people credit Einstein for, for, for saying this, but um, what, what is the definition of insanity? 
Doing the same thing two, three times. Mm -hmm. You expect a different result, right? right? <laughs> the same thing over and over, but expect a different result. So what, what are we doing different in safety today that we were doing 20 years ago? We're, we're still trying to find people doing things wrong, but we call it behavior-based safety now. It's mm -hmm. not safety cop anymore. It's safety coach, which is good. <laughs> that, that's a great step. But we're still trying to find people doing things wrong. We're trying to find the unsafe acts. That's what it's right. called. That's what behavior-based safety is all about. Find people doing things wrong and then coach them. Okay, how has that worked for us? We're still trying to do it. To, I mean, we've been doing it since the early 90s. And I just shared with you the information about, you know, the, the incident rates versus fatality rates. Right. It, that, so really, the same amount of people are dying. Then absolutely, and if that's true, which it is, because you you can't fake that one, um, then the other number is is going to be parallel. There's is no way that we've gone that far down in incident rates, but we're still killing the same amount of people. And it's it's funny that no one is is looking at this with I guess greater focus or attention to me. That no one is saying, hey, you know, the measures by which we're looking or tracking the injury performance or, or this injury data probably needs to be reviewed. Why are we still looking at lagging indicators so heavily? Habit number four is yeah. like, that, that, that's what it says, right? It, it, that's what it talks about. Yep. And, and so I, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned this. So, so habit four talks about focusing left of zero. Uh, left of zero in, in my world means focus on leading indicators, not lagging indicators. All right. So I, I'm going to I'm going to ask you this question. And mm -hmm. I've asked safety professionals all over the country this very question. Sure. You, at you, you've been told at some point in your career, Mark Anthony, we want you to focus on the leading indicators, not the lagging indicators. Right? Okay. Tell me what the hell that means. See? Well, I've, uh, I've seen that as being looking at the emissives, looking at hazards mm -hmm. observed, looking at behavioral observations, unsafe behaviors caught. But to your point, that we're still looking at catching people doing the unsafe things. Well, well so, but, but here, so, yeah, I, I mean, we know what leading indicators are. We know what lagging indicators are. But I'm being graded on the lagging indicators. How am I, how, how is it even possible to focus on leading indicators when mm -hmm. I'm being graded on lagging indicators? Right. And, and what, what it all boils down to is creating a just safety culture. That's habits one, two, and three. Habit four talks about now you're getting all this information because people feel safe reporting everything to you. And, and it, it's a whole big shift in, in how things are going. But when you now I can take that data and put it into a system. And when I'm getting true data, that is uh, imagine if, Every near miss was actually reported. And I put it into a system. On the other side, when it comes out and spits those numbers out, I can tell you before you have a hand injury, you're about to have one. I can see it in the numbers right. because everything truly is reported. Once it is, then I, I can I can actually focus on leading indicators. Now I can start doing things like uh different observations, board safety meetings, different training, maybe it's some posters of people missing fingers or whatever it is, right? To change the, the trajectory of this. Right. And now when you do all that, that, that 
hand injury line, let's say, comes right back down again because you you were able to get out in front of it, right, and and focus on the leading indicators and stop it from happening. Whereas in the past, all I know is it's a coin flip, and I, I like I said over time I can tell you what mm-hmm. it is. I just don't know what the next flip is going to be. So not knowing when it's it, it's like oh well it's it, it's a guessing game focus fig, figure out the anomalies control the energies and the rest of it will take care of itself you're hearing these nuggets right okay <laughs> <laughs> you're doing yeah. this for free <laughs> yeah right right i want to thank you for coming on today man i really appreciate it Folks, make sure you get a copy of this book. I'll put the link in the bio uh, for this episode. Um, this book is not just for safety professionals. It's aimed at operational professionals, people in operations. Doesn't matter what the operation is. There's probably a couple of nuggets in here that you could use too, as well as HR professionals. It's going to help you uh, improve the safety culture of your, your organization, of your company, of your building, or your site. Um, there's some really good information in here that's going to change your perception and your perspective and how to manage people better and how to encourage people to work safely. All right. So thank you for tuning in. Stay, we'll talk to you all next time. Have a good day. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.